All right, as we go into our final segment, I'm tempted to talk about Mitt Romney's ability to be all over the issue of abortion, being not so much against it and then very much against it, yada, yada. But I think we'll save that for next week's program. And instead, concentrate on the fact that are you better off than you were four years ago, seems to be the Republican rallying cry, with both President Obama and Mitt Romney claiming that, you know, they will will bring jobs to this country. When it seems pretty clear that one thing an executive is not particularly good at doing is creating a lot of jobs, unless you're talking about jobs in the defense industry. But there is one item worthy of note uh, about how to destroy jobs, and uh, one that has an interesting local angle that I think we should talk about for most of the segment. Something we've made mention of before in this program, which is, again, an example of the road to hell being paved with good intentions. In this case, the good intentions were the Americans with Disabilities Act. The idea behind it was that we would create better access for Americans in wheelchairs who have other disabilities of maybe of, of, of sight or of hearing, etc., and enable them to better mainstream themselves in the business community across this country. Well, a good idea kind of went awry on several points. The legislation had no means of uh, enforcing these new rules that were put in place, and they instead depended upon the American legal system to do the work for the administration. Instead, the ADA laws uh, provided for our legal system to do the policing, and given that we have a completely dysfunctional legal system in this country, you can imagine how that's turned out. Well, let's just talk about how it's turned out with a local story. This one comes from Suzanne Fan, writing for News10.net. As follows, Dateline Sacramento, an American with Disabilities Act lawsuit was the last straw for a struggling longtime burger business. Ford's Real Hamburgers on Sutterville Road shut down just weeks after the governor signed a new state law that would crack down on ADA lawsuit abuse. Notes the piece, several attorneys have filed an exceptional number of lawsuits based on ADA violations. Attorney Scott Johnson has filed nearly 2,200 of them in federal court. More often than not, businesses settle after paying thousands of dollars. Others have no choice but to shut down for good. Ford, who was sued by Johnson, decided to close its doors. Now, it turns out that if you're a business owner and your business does not have the latest and greatest of uh, ADA modifications, well, you're subject to a lawsuit. And what people like Scott Johnson do is go around to find places that may not be compliant Send them a demand letter saying, if you don't pay me X amount of money, I'm going to sue you. On this program, we've talked about this and regarded it as a form of legal shakedown operation, which can force businesses into bankruptcy because the rules are so complex about how this has to be like this, ramps have to be this tall, they have to have this amount of slope, you have to have so much signage, you have to have so many inches in a bathroom. We could probably do a whole show on this, but I thought what we would do instead is talk to somebody local who this has affected. So to do that, Mr. Miller and I packed up our microphones and traveled across town in Sacramento yesterday to file the following. Now, to illustrate an example of just how this has gone down in practice, let's go talk to Sarah Jabadon, who has cut our hair before and talked to us about Iranian matters. She also, unfortunately, had direct firsthand experience with this ADA lawyer, Mr. Johnson. So welcome back to Radio Parallax, Sarah. Thank you. Uh, tell us what, what happened here. Now, there, there's, there's a thing in the, in the lawsuit about how they're feeling guilty about how they went out and for Scott would go into these establishments, and that's what happened to you, I guess. Yes, it did. 
I had no idea. Scott Johnson never came to my shop. And all of a sudden, one day I got sued. I got uh, served with the paper, and they said, in the beginning, I didn't know what it is. I talked to some attorneys, and they said, oh, you got sued by Scott Johnson. And even in his letter, he said he admitted he never came here. But he did said he went to Supercut, which is two doors down from my shop. And we have the same building and the same type of bathroom. But in his lawsuit, I saw a few pictures of my bathroom. So one of his confederates, one of these gals that's now suing him, I guess came in and asked if they could just use your bathroom, and you said fine. Yes, that's exactly true. So uh, lots of people walking here, they either wait for a haircut or they just walk here, and they ask me, can I use your bathroom? And I always say that, yes, to be nice to them. But unfortunately, apparently they went in there with a, with, a, with a camera and a tape measure. That's exactly what happened. Then I find out Supercut got sued, I got sued, and there was a tennis shop in the beginning of the building. He got sued, and unfortunately, he has to close his business because he couldn't afford to pay Scott Johnson. So the tennis shop took a look at what it would cost to do these, these, uh, these improvements, these changes, and just and walked away? He, he didn't have any other choices. And he got sued by the handicapped place wasn't big enough for Scott Johnson's uh, van, or it wasn't too close to the shop. I don't know what was it, but it wasn't the bathroom. For him, it was a parking lot. Well, we should point out that the ADA regulations, in your case, uh, they were very specific. It has to be so many inches. And someone might have a bathroom that basically is handicapped access, but it may not be just quite large enough by, by the, what the rules are. So it may, it may fall short by one inch and you still get sued. Exactly. We do have a customers with the wheelchair. They do use our bathroom with no problem, always. But still, we got sued. That pretty much says it all. So, Sarah, in your case, what happened? I guess you had to pay him off. Well, what happened, uh, our landlord also got sued. And the landlord and Supercut and my shop, we all hired the attorney, and we all end up, the landlord actually pays Scott Johnson, and we're making monthly payment to landlord. I don't know what Supercut does, but I know I'm making a payment every month to my landlord for Scott Johnson. Now, Sarah, in this case, the state of California has its own set of regulations in addition to the federal law, the American with Disabilities Act. Do you know whether you're in federal court, state, or do they do both? I know it's pretty much a twofer. I have no idea. Governor Brown just signed a law from Daryl uh, Steinberg that's going to give some protection to businesses, but that only covers the state, so it doesn't, does not affect the federal legislation. Oh, really? I had no idea. I didn't know that. Now, we do know that uh, Daryl Steinberg used to come into Sarah's shop. We don't know whether that actually affected the legislation but we hope so. We're making progress, but we're, there's a long way to go yet. Well, I know, Sarah, someone actually gave you the filing in the California Superior Court for this case uh, from the four women that are suing Johnson, and I, and I guess you're going to follow this case uh, with some interest. Of course. Uh, he is one of my good customers, and um, all my customers, pretty much all of them, they had a do you know they they had they've been following it and they've been coming and asking me and bringing me all those different paper for anybody Scott Johnson sued and finally somebody came and said I have a good news for you he got sued and he brought me the whole copy of the <laughs> file and I have it here. Well, we'll be following the story with you and and, and thanks for contributing the, this, this copy of this to Radio Parallax. My pleasure. Oh, and Sarah, before we go, I know that you had to flee Iran at the end of the, the revolution that uh, basically led to the hostages being taken. And I, there's a movie coming out with Ben Affleck that I guess will be of some interest to you. I was in movie theater about a few nights ago. I was watching that Taken 2, and I saw a part of it. And actually, I left beginning of the revolution. 
beginning, okay. right? Uh, our hometown was the first city it got occupied by revolution, so we have to flew from over there to Tehran. And then we left almost about a week or a few days before Shah and his family left. I guess this movie about how the, the CIA, I guess, got in there and got out some of the six hostages that, that made their way to the Canadian embassy. I guess they're just now the real story is finally coming out now. That's true, and I'm really waiting anxiously to see the movie. All right, we'll have to come back after you see it and talk about it. Sure, no problem. We've been speaking with Sarah Javidan, the owner of... Actually, what is the full name? What's the actual name of your shop, Sarah? Sarah's Hair Salon. Simple enough. Anyway, we do want to congratulate Governor Jerry Brown for signing SB 1186. And we also want to thank Senate Pro Temp Daryl Steinberg and Senator Bob Dutton, Republican from Rancho Cucamonga, for having some bipartisan agreement on ending this abuse. Another piece by News 10 notes that uh, the bill took aim at predatory lawsuits related to the federal law. It bans so-called demand letters in which lawyers threaten to sue over a possible violation unless a business pays thousands of dollars to the lawyer to settle. It also prevents lawyers from stacking multiple claims for the same violation as a way to increase payouts. The law, which takes effect January 1st, also reduces damages for businesses that fix unintended violations within two months. The law does preserve the right of plaintiffs to sue businesses for full liability for intentional violations. We're going to try to follow this story in the future because there have been many, many instances where, uh, where people have just been unable to meet these ADA requirements and were forced to close. Now, it has been argued that the Democratic Party has been more friendly to... Uh, America's trial lawyers in this issue, but it appears in this instance that Daryl Steinberg and, uh, and uh, Governor Jerry Brown have uh, shown that that isn't always the case. They did the right thing here. Of course, this is only a first step. Travis Haussauer, who's co-chair of Californians Against Lawsuit Abuse, noted that his squeeze-in burger restaurant was sued twice by two different attorneys. Said Mr. Haussauer, I got sued in court the first time, then I got sued in federal court the second time. It's noted that many people believe the state law is a positive step, but some say it will not stop ADA lawsuits because attorneys will continue to file these suits in federal court. We do want to note, in fairness, that Dan Lundgren has made an effort to curb these abuses in federal courts. This was cited by Mr. Travis Haussauer, is that we need to support Dan Lundgren's bill going before Congress. It's called the Access Bill. It would give people a chance to fix the problem before they're sued. Apparently, at the present time, the access bill is currently on hold in the United States Senate. The proponents say it'll spell relief they desperately need from excessive lawsuits. Here, here, and we do we we're a bit hard on Dan Lundgren on last week's program, but uh, but he does certainly deserve a pat on the back in this instance. In fact, Congressman Lundgren's office released a statement in the wake of the the bill signing, saying the ADA Act is a landmark civil rights statute. It is time to end the abuse of the ADA by a small number of plaintiff attorneys and then return it to its rightful purpose of protecting the interests of injured parties and providing access to public accommodation by all Americans. All right, we've got all about a minute left, maybe two minutes. We do want to talk at greater length on next week's program about the controversy over the CLAW. Our nincompoop leadership and the Sacramento City Council wants to get rid of this method of picking up the leaves in the City of Trees at least throughout the year, because, well, it, it costs so much money. Of course, this is the same bunch of knuckleheads that spent $700,000 for a study on how we would keep the Sacramento Kings here in town. 
And we do want to talk about a prehistoric fossil showing a 100-million-year-old spider about to feast on a wasp trapped in its web right before the both of them got smeared by uh, resin and fossilized in amber. We don't have time for that, even though it is a brief item. So let's instead close with this. Workers renovating an old building in Los Angeles found a neon light that apparently has been burning for 77 years. Andrew Meharan, owner of Clifton's Cafeteria, says he was in the building's basement with a member of his construction crew when, quote, I thought I caught a glimpse of a little light coming to the wall. Further inspection revealed a vintage neon tube first activated in 1935 and boarded over in 1949. Marian estimates the light has burned about $17,000 worth of electricity over the decades. By the way, this is not the first time we've mentioned Clifton's Cafeteria on this program. The immortal Ray Bradbury told the stories about how as a young man he used to go there and they took pity on him and would give him an occasional free meal. Lucky for Ray, they didn't know what their light bill was going to amount to. All right, our thanks to Sarah Javadon, Gary Chu, and of course the immortal Mr. Will Durst. This program was produced by Edward McMillan. You've been listening to Radio Parallax. I'm Douglas Everett. We're going to talk about a bunch of science stuff on next week's show, hopefully with Mike Brown of Caltech. I sure hope so. Anyway, we'll see you then. Ich